0: What's going on, guys? So, in this podcast, I am going to kind of give my reaction and just a recap of the Monday night football game between the Buccaneers and Rams, and then um, talk about some random things that I just want to touch on because I don't think they're being talked about enough. All right. So, let's begin this with something I don't normally do, and let's talk about the non football version of what Tom Brady did immediately following the game, aka not um, shaking Jared Goff's hand. So, Let me let me just preface this by saying I have a ton of respect for Tom Brady. I think I've made that clear, you know, in most of the times I even talk about him. But I think uh, I think he's the greatest quarterback of all time. And I think that he is a good dude, right? I think his character is pretty strong. All right. That said, I do not appreciate the fact that he's now for three games just walked off the field without shaking his opponent's hand. I think that There is a level of respect you need to carry yourself with and kind of uh, just honor. You know what I mean? Like there's there's something about going to battle against these guys that are that are the best players in the world. Even the 32nd best quarterback in the world. I mean, in the NFL is top 32 in the world at his craft. Like we've got to You've got to show respect to your opponent. You know what I mean? I don't care how many Super Bowls you've won. I do not care. That's that's unacceptable. And I don't appreciate the fact that nobody's talking about it either. I mean, for the most part, like we see, you know, we see a few talking heads kind of go to discuss it for five minutes or whatever. But I I just look, I understand that Tom Brady is one of the most competitive people alive. I get that. But guess what? So is Jared Goff, whether you guys like it or not. Like these dudes that are the best that are world class at their craft, they did not get there by not being competitive. That's just not how it goes, right? Like, everybody in the NFL is world-class. Everybody is competitive. Nobody likes to lose. You know, there's not just this, like, oh, no, Tom Brady, that's what makes him special, that kind of argument. I'm not willing to hear that because what makes makes you special as a competitor is win or lose, to show respect. Like me as a kid, I've always been very, very competitive. Like when I would lose in any sports uh, game I played in, I would cry like uncontrollably after the games. I cannot stand losing. And to this day, I'm very similar. My son, five years old, is very much the same way. We we, when he was like three, my wife and I beat him in Candyland and he lost it. You know, it's just like that's, that's okay. But what I always teach him and not to make this, you know, weird or anything, but what I always teach my son is immediately following the game, whatever you're competing in, win or lose, you immediately show respect. You know, and I just for somebody of Tom Brady's, you know, level, a guy that's played for 20 years, a guy that, you know, is widely regarded as the GOAT and rightfully so for him to represent the game that way and to, and to you know, he's supposed to be whether he likes it or not an ambassador of the, of the game of football. And for him to, to just completely avoid shaking hands, but then to go shake hands when he wins is in my opinion, just completely unacceptable. There is literally no excuse at all for avoiding handshaking with your, with your opponent. Like that's just something you do as a winner, right? Like as a, as a winner in life, when someone beats you you go show respect. Now he didn't have to go over there and carry on a five minute long conversation with Jared Goff. But what he did have to do, in my opinion, is go over there, quick handshake, and out the door. You ever seen Bill Belichick when he loses? He does exactly what I just described. He it's it's like the most awkward, like painful thing to watch because he just it's a it's a half a handshake, but he touches hands. He gives the shake and a little head nod and he runs away. That's what I would do, because I'm extremely, like, I hate losing just like anybody else. And when you, in that situation, you have to show that respect, though. It's a very little thing, but for me, uh, I think it's just something that you can do no matter what, right? Like, it's principle-oriented, and I think the Tampa Bay media uh, deserves criticism for not really putting him on the spot about this, because it does matter, in my opinion. So that's that's just the way I look at that. There's no excuse for not shaking hands, to not... You know, more importantly, just to show the sign of respect for your opponent, because like I said, Jared Goff is a world class football player and anybody in the NFL is world class. So show respect to the guys that just beat you. And and uh, that, you know, that brings me to my next kind of thing I want to talk about is Tom Brady, not to just be ruthless on Tom Brady today, but he deserves criticism. He did not play well. I want to touch on how he played now. So Tom Brady didn't play well in Monday night football. He, he was awful, <clears throat> you know, so that's another primetime game where he just wasn't very good. And, you know, he made the uh, he took advantage of that late interception from Jared Goff to um, get his team into the end zone. So there was that, you know, kind of semblance of clutchness still to him, but overall he just didn't play well. Now I am definitely going to consider the fact that he played against the Rams defense, and they are a very, very, very good defense. The best defense in the NFL at this point. I mean, and, excuse me, and, and if you look at just the overall completeness, I don't know if that's a word or not, but if you look at the overall completeness of that defense, they're great. And I'm going to touch on that in just a second. But when I when I look at Tom Brady, um, I'm his biggest fan in a lot of ways, or just the I have a lot of admiration for the football player that he is. But in that game, he did not play well enough. Like, he was the reason that they lost, if I'm being completely honest. Now, there were other factors like coaching. Uh, I think coaching was a big one. I think Sean McVay absolutely outcoached Bruiserians. But all in all, Tom Brady has to play better, and I think he will play better. I mean, he just the, the weirdest thing about this in terms of Tom Brady's performance to me was the fact that he just made a lot of bad reads. You know what I mean? And that is very non Brady-like and um, just forcing the ball down the field, throwing into where there's obviously safety help was just not, it just wasn't one of his best performances to say the least. So I don't think Brady played well. I'm not going to make any excuses for that either because ultimately if we cannot objectively analyze what has happened, then we are not very good at what we do. So I love Tom Brady. I think he'll bounce back. He's a, you know, still one of the best quarterbacks alive. Whether people like to admit that or not, he's still a top 10 quarterback in my opinion, probably top 5. But against the Rams on Monday night, he did not play well. He was he was bad. You know, he struggled and he made bad decisions, which are the most worrisome thing to me. I mean, I'm not really worried about him, but like moving forward. But in terms of just analyzing his performance on Monday night, he just, he didn't make good decisions consistently. And that to me is, uh, you know, not very Tom Brady like, and just not good enough. And the, the Buccaneers will not advance past the first round of the playoffs. If he can't bring his a game, you know, they, they, um, obviously their defense is very good. There's, they win for other reasons than Tom Brady, but for them to have the kind of weapons they have, and for him to put up the performance that he did, granite against a very good defense, is just not acceptable. So, I um, just want to. All right, so I'm done with Tom Brady. Just want to touch on those two things. I, I have no excuses for his handshake or lack of handshake, and I also think he played like crap. And I want to also touch on the fact that his opponent, Jared Goff, while he did turn the ball over twice, um, I think he completely outplayed Tom Brady. And for him to go in on Monday Night Football on the road and to completely outplay the greatest quarterback of all time, no one's really talking about that. And I and I don't really think that that is acceptable. I think Jared Goff played a great football game. The interception to Jason Pierre-Paul was just, you know, that's that's tough, right? Like it's it's not. I'm not going to put that necessarily all on Jared Goff, but it it was his fault ultimately. The second interception to the safety, I can't remember his name right now, forgive me, but that one was more on him, but it was also a great play by the by the defender. So, you know, when you look at just Goff's performance, he he was awesome, man, he was calm, he was um, very accurate, he was on time. And that's the thing about there's many different ways to skin a cat, so to speak, as a quarterback, right? There's the There's Lamar Jackson who can, you know, beat you with his feet and, you know, certain things that he can do that other quarterbacks cannot do. Um, There's Kyler Murray, who's very similar in that regard. Um, In other words, those two guys aren't, you know, necessarily the Tom Brady of the, you know, just pocket pocket quarterback going to beat you from the pocket and that's it, right? They can do other things as well. They can also throw from the pocket at times, especially Lamar. Kyler is working his way. Into that category, but he has shown the ability to do it at times. So, my point is, Jared Goff is a guy that is going to be accurate. He's going to be on time, and he's for the most part going to make good decisions, right? So, um, I think he had a ton of yards after the catch um, from his two from Cooper Cup and Robert Woods in that game. But whereas a lot of people will say, "Oh, that's reason to kind of you know explain why it, Jared Goff wasn't as good as you think I'm the opposite I think that when when a quarterback gets considerable yards after the catch I think that's to the quarterback's credit I don't think that you know that um we should be like oh well you know it's all Sean McVay bullshit if it's all Sean McVay then why'd they pay Jared Goff all that money and if you think that they could have done it with somebody else I would love to see that happen like they all they used to say that about Dak Prescott like oh it's his supporting cast like well how's Andy Dalton playing you know, even in Andy Dalton's probably his best game of the season last week against Minnesota, he had like 210 yards passing. Right. I mean, he had a good game. I'm just saying, you know, let's really be respectful of the greatness of some of these players. OK, so Jared Goff, in my opinion, and I've never really wavered on this. He struggled at times in the past and he hasn't necessarily had a you know great statistical season because he hasn't thrown as many touchdown passes. Um, but. He is a very, very good quarterback to me, probably a top 10 to 12 player in football. You know, so I think he deserves his credit. And to do this against a very good Tampa Bay defense, in my opinion, is, is impressive because the Bucks lead the NFL in interceptions with 14. They they and entering that game, they led the NFL in interceptions as well. So they just they're a team that is going to take advantage of any mistake that you make in terms of what they can do defensively and um, for golf to be able to put up that kind of a performance with literally no running game because, well, no one can run the ball against Tampa. I think that was just very, very impressive on his part. I think we need to give him more credit. Now, Sean McVay, 32 and 0. When leading at halftime and he only had a three point lead in this game and the game was tied with like three and a half minutes to go. So for, you know, his team once again to to come through and hold on to a game where they, they have even the slightest lead at halftime, which is three point game, uh, I think is very impressive. I think his just the way he attacked the Tampa Bay defense was very, very impressive. And the guy is awesome. Like for him to essentially fire Wade Phillips and then hire some dude and forgive me, I don't even know the guy's name, the defense coordinator right now, but Whatever he's doing, it's working. OK, they they're not they're a team that generates a lot of pressure without blitzing. But they're they're not necessarily they're not up there in terms of leading the NFL in pressures, this defense. But <clears throat> what they are is third in sacks or second or third in sacks. Right. So they, they get to the quarterback. They maximize when they do pressure. Them. And you saw Tom Brady on multiple occasions in this game where he he had to get rid of it earlier than he even, or he felt like he had to get rid of it earlier than he even had to. And that's just the, that shows you that he's very aware that they are coming, right? And And they're coming with the ability to really play good coverage behind it. And that was impressive. That secondary is, to me, very quietly, maybe the best secondary in football right now just with the way they're playing, right? You cannot, I know we all like to get, you know, oh, the name value we'd like to, when we can name all these players and that those names carry weight, we like to do that. But this guy, Darius Phillips is playing really well, right? I mean, he was aggressive and he, against Antonio Brown and he he played him well. Um, There, you know, to Tom Brady's defense a little bit, there wasn't a ton of people open against this secondary. And I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that the secondary is very good. And a lot of that also has to do with the fact that uh, Bruce Arians and Brian Byron Leftwich need to do a better job. <clears throat> excuse me, of calling plays. Like there needs to be, look, the 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 Ronald Jones or Leonard Fournette first down run up the middle for one is is really getting old. Like we need to see more play action on first down, or just pass it more on first down. Like it cannot just be, you know, play action on second and third down um run it on first and you know it's just very predictable very vanilla offense and I you know I just think that they can be better than that so I want to give credit to this Rams defense because as I've been touting for weeks now they're very good I had somebody leave a comment the other day I, I saw it on Instagram I don't know if I ever actually got to respond to it but basically what the comment was and it was on my post asking if the Rams are Super Bowl contenders um and the comment was like oh you know I'm a Seahawks fan and And we played like our worst game and we still almost beat them. Look, you can't look at some point. We can't say like, oh, the Brady played his worst game. Russell played his worst game. You know, they're not that good. They're not that good. Maybe these Rams are making you play your worst game, right? Like we say that against about the Steelers, too. Like, you're like, oh, no, that quarterback just played like trash. Like, no, man, that good great defenses and that's what the rams have been so far this year it's what the steelers have been they make you play your worst game like you can't just you know dismiss that as if it's not by design like that is the rams are making teams look bad it's not that they're playing bad they're making them forcing them imposing their will on them to look bad so you know that's just my thoughts on that look the rams defense like i said very good, maybe even turning into a great defense. Jalen Ramsey last year with the Rams was not very good. Um, if, if you just look at the stats, they tell you he had, it allowed nearly a 70% completion percentage, um, <clears throat> you know, over 10 yards per attempt. I'm sorry. Yeah, it was like seven or eight yards per attempt, whereas this year it's down to like five. Um, He battled Mike Evans. Mike was getting the best of him early and then late in the game, Jalen kind of just eliminated him. Like we didn't hear much from Mike Evans for the majority of the uh, second half. So Jalen is playing much better. Aaron Donald is still Aaron Donald, a.k.a. the best defensive player in football. And I also want to just say real quick for these guys on Monday Night Football to sit there and say, like, if you ask GMs in the NFL they they would take Aaron Donald first overall in a, in a draft right now. That's nonsense. Look, uh, Aaron Donald's a great player. Great. Definitely the best defensive player in football. But there are at least 5, maybe 10 quarterbacks that all NFL GMs would take ahead of Aaron Donald right now. So, no disrespect to Donald, it's just that the quarterback position is so valuable, especially in 2020, that um you're not going very far, you know, in most cases without a great quarterback like you're, or in terms of at least you're not going to the Super Bowl. So. Excuse me. Um. All right. I know I also want to touch on Ronald Jones and Leonard Fournette being guys that if I'm Tom Brady, I'm not throwing them anymore. Like it seems like every game these guys are dropping the football like Ronald Jones, with all due respect to Ronald Jones, his hands are like stone, you know, like the ball just bounces off of them so hard. I just, I, I I think we're going to see more Keyshawn Vaughn in situations where they're going to, where they're going to have a more of a pass heavy approach because these guys are not catching the football right now. I think they had a combined four, maybe five drops in that game. And, you know, in a game where the pass rush is affecting Brady like that or any quarterback, You've got to have running backs that can catch the football in there. You have to because the ball has to come out quick. And those situations where Brady is throwing it to them really quick are are situations where most of the time they can gain at least five yards. You know what I mean? There there are the defenders are not, you know, playing press against the running back. So when they catch it, they're going to have a chance to make a guy miss and create a big play out of it and to drop four or maybe even five of those in a game, a close game is is devastating right very much devastating so um that i I think needs to change either those guys need to start catching the ball more or you need to start stop throwing rojo at all and and leave it to Fournette. i mean there was a play where i think ronald jones had a screen set up for him nicely i mean if off the top of my head it looked like it was blocked up pretty well and he just dropped the ball like you have a, a screen where literally the the 95 percent of the time that play is designed to go to the running back in the um through a pass. And the running back, in this case, Ronald Jones, just drops the ball like that's that's awful. You know, what? I, I'm sorry, like with all due respect, like I said, I know Ronald Jones is a world class um, football player because all these guys are. But there's got to be some improvement there or they need to start. Playing more Keyshawn Vaughn because I think he can catch the football more reliably than what we've seen, especially from Ronald Jones so far. I know Fournette had his drops in this one too, but we've seen much more um consistency from Fournette as a receiver throughout his career. So I, I either for either Fournette needs to play more or you need to start putting Keyshawn Vaughn in, especially in passing downs. I'm not sure how you know how much the coaching staff trusts Keyshawn Vaughn in terms of pass protection right now. So if that's the case, then let Leonard Fournette play. But you got to stop throwing it to Rojo or Rojo has to start catching the damn ball. So what does this mean for the Rams and the Bucks moving forward? Well, I think it means more for the Rams slightly than it does for the Bucks because Tampa, I know most people look at this as a, you know, as a bad thing. They get to play the Chiefs next week. And I'll tell you what, <clears throat> if they beat the Chiefs, all is forgiven, right? Like that's kind of the the approach that they need to sort of have in this, in this scenario. Like if you beat the chiefs next week, then no one's going to be criticizing you for the Rams loss. That simple. So, whereas it's definitely a tremendous challenge. I, um, I also think that it's, it's what it also is, is a tremendous opportunity, right? If you, it's, it's the ultimate get right game. You beat the defending champs. Now, your team, your coaching staff, your, your players, your fans will most definitely put you back into Super Bowl contender conversation. So the Bucks having the ultimate get right game. The Rams, to me, this was big for them because myself included, I don't think anybody gave them a chance. I think we were all just like, yeah, Patriots at home, Brady at home. Like, they, I believe, are in first place now in the NFC West and deservingly so. Um, This team is a matchup problem for the Seahawks, as we saw the week before. And they are also just in my opinion, they're the most maybe the most balanced team in football. I know that wasn't evidenced by their running game against the Bucs, but the Bucs are the best run defense in football. You know, and they have been basically for the last two years. So I'm not like overly concerned about that because the Rams have been able to run the ball against basically everybody else. So I think that Jared Goff is playing better lately and I think that he's a guy that like I told you you can you can win a Super Bowl with Jared Goff as your quarterback. You know, especially in a Sean McVay offense, right? Like that that's a very good offense and Jared Goff is the perfect fit for that offense. He gets rid of the ball on time and accurately on a consistent basis. I think he was if you look at his numbers against the blitz on Monday night, at one point he was like 11 of 11. 11 of 11 for like 150 yards and a touchdown. So you don't want to blitz Jared Goff. And that's a sign of a veteran quarterback. Jared Goff is no longer a young guy getting better. He is a veteran and he is a, he is cool as a cucumber in those big time moments, as you saw late in the game and really all throughout that game. So for the Rams, I don't see how we could put them as anything other than the, the slight favorites to hold on and win the NFC West at this point. So, um, yeah, so I think it was a slightly bigger win for the Rams, but also it, you know, a, a decently sized loss for the Bucks. but they have the ultimate get right game next week playing the Chiefs. So anyways, I want to move on to some other things here. I want to talk about the Cleveland Browns for a second. So the Browns, right? Are they for real? I think at this point, They are because, and we have no other choice than to say that they are. And the reason I say that is because, look, I told you a few weeks ago, good teams beat teams they're supposed to beat. Well, we've seen that now from the Rams for, I mean, a a bunch of weeks, right? We've seen them get blown out by the Ravens and blown out by the Steelers. And while that is definitely concerning, I think that, you know, that I can stomach that when you always, almost always take care of business against teams that you're supposed to beat. So if you look at their three losses right now, they lost to the Ravens. They lost to the Steelers and they lost to the Raiders. I believe they're, they're seven and three, I think, or or maybe eight and three now, Uh, seven and three. I'm sorry. So when you look at that, it's like, I'm, if I'm a Browns fan, I'm totally fine with that. Right. I would like to be able to beat the Ravens and Steelers. And the good news is for them, they have a chance to do so because they play each team again. But when you look at the other times they've played football this year, they have beat everyone that they're quote unquote supposed to beat. The Raiders right now are a legit playoff caliber team. I think they would be in the playoffs right now if the playoffs started today. And the Browns, uh, so like when you look at that and you think, are we super, if you're a Browns fan, are we Super Bowl contenders? Well, I'm not sure about that. But We are a legitimate playoff caliber team. The defense has been playing much better lately. And just something that I trust about them moving forward is their formula. They have a formula that is designed for winning. And it has been, if you look at the historical uh, rate of success of teams that play good defense, which which they have been playing lately, for teams that run the ball very well, which they have been doing all year for the most part, and for teams that uh, don't make mistakes, don't beat themselves, which Baker has not been doing lately. You know, we can call him, you know, we don't necessarily call him dynamic at this particular time, but he's what he is, is being relatively mistake free. And, <clears throat> you know, for a, a guy that is a young quarterback still, which is his third season to be playing at the level he's playing, which is, you know, solid, nothing, nothing spectacular, but they haven't. Called on him to be spectacular. Yet the last time they needed him to be spectacular, so to speak, was against the the Bengals in a game where he completed like twenty plus passes in a row to win the game, including the game winner. So you know that is uh, very impressive in my in my opinion, and I think that the Browns at this point in the year are legitimate playoff. I mean, they're a legitimate playoff team, and I think that. They, to me, they remind me sort of, of of last year's Bills in that you know maybe they're not Super Bowl contenders, but what they are is consistent, and that's what winners are. In this league, for teams, if you want to be called a winner, you have to consistently beat the teams you're supposed to beat and consistently do the things that you're capable of. And I could make the argument right now that through 10 games, the Cleveland Browns have done that week in and week out you know I think the the Ravens and the Steelers are are difficult matchup for them I think the the Raiders as well Uh, Raiders not quite as much right but I think that the Ravens and Steelers are just a very tough matchup for these Browns but they have beat everyone else and that is very impressive I think Kevin Stefanski especially when you consider the now they'll be without Miles Garrett for a second week. They're going to be up without Denzel Ward for a few weeks. They're going to be without, you know, some key players. Nick Chubb for several weeks this year. I think that Kevin Stefanski at this point in the year might be my pick for coach of the year. You know, he's done a great job. And for him to come in there in year one and turn around a team that was, you know, below 500 last year is is obviously very impressive especially they lost Odell Beckham Jr. you know they've lost several very good and and players that you would call key players at least at some point earlier in the season you know you would have called them key players um so i think Stefanski is maximizing what he has in terms of talent and the uh the offensive line for being a new unit relatively new they're playing very well i mean they're that's an understatement they're playing phenomenally well So if I'm a Browns fan, I'm very impressed with my team and I'm very excited about the present and the future. So I think that realistically this season, you'll you'll be a playoff team. and I think you have a chance of winning a playoff game. And I think that's obviously very exciting. I think next year, the legitimate Super Bowl contenders is where you'll be with another good offseason where you add some good players. Yeah, I think legit Super Bowl contender. I think something that's very interesting is how do they play the Baker Mayfield situation? I mean, for me personally, I would let him play out next year. I would put the fifth year option on him and let him play next year and give myself some time to see kind of what he does in, in terms of consistency moving forward. But look, I just wanted to just touch on what they've been able to do with the injuries and, you know, just kind of the defense that was struggling that we're seeing it. We're seeing clear improvement from the defense. We're seeing Baker not turn the ball over and we're seeing a dynamic running game. Uh, Kevin's fancy. He's doing a great job. He'd probably be my pick for coach of the year right now. So shout out Browns. You are legit. And uh, so, yeah, that's what I got for you guys today. I just want to touch on the Cleveland Browns and the um, recap and review that Monday night game. I will be, Hopefully dropping another podcast today. So look out for that. And I appreciate you guys for listening. As always, please share. If you are, you know, enjoying the podcast, that'd be great. And if you're listening on Apple, leave a review. All right.